Welcome to Thrive Lathrop Podcast. Here at our church, we believe that everyone can thrive. Make sure to subscribe to our channel and enjoy this life-changing message. So, hey, we're going to continue our series called Legacy. For those that do not know me, my name is Pastor Chris. I'm one of the pastors here on staff, and I have the privilege of preaching this morning. I'm excited. And so do me a favor, stand to your feet with me, Thrive, and we're going to go to Genesis 49. We're going to go to Genesis 49 all the way in the beginning. So if you're new to church or you're new to Jesus, thank you guys for joining us today. And so easy assignment, it's the first book of the Bible. So you don't have to go through the table of the contents. You just go straight to the first book. And we're going to go to Genesis 49. Got a couple passages for you this morning. And we're going to go ahead and read it and get right into the message. Here we go. So it says this. It says, Joseph is a fruitful vine, a fruitful vine near a spring. His branches run over the wall. The archers bitterly attacked him, shot at him, and harassed him severely, yet his bow remained unmoved. His arms were made agile by the hands of the mighty one of Jacob. From there is the shepherd, the stone of Israel. Come on, let's pray. Jesus, thank you for our house. Thank you, God, that you use this place not only to heal our city, but to heal the world. And God, I pray that as we go into your word, I would decrease and you would increase. I pray that our hearts, our minds, our spirits would be open to what you have to say to us this morning. And we're excited to hear what you have to say. We love you. We thank you. And in Jesus' name, everybody says, amen. 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 Go ahead and have a seat. And so today we're going to continue our series of what Thrive is about. We've been talking the last few weeks on the legacy of not just individually, but the legacy of Thrive, and, and it's been a powerful series. We talked about a legacy of generosity, a legacy of transformation, a legacy of mercy was last week, and today we're going to talk about a legacy of healing and health. And so if you want to title today's message to take notes, the title of today's conversation is Made Well. Do me a favor, turn to your neighbor and say, Made Well made well, made well. And, and, I, and I believe this, and, and I believe this wholeheartedly. I've been at Thrive now going on nine years. Can you believe that? And I still look like I'm 15. <laughs> nine years, right? And, and from the minute I came here, I, I remember coming to Thrive actually before I got hired on. Uh, my wife came to Thrive before I did. My wife's our kids director in the back taking care of all your kiddos. And uh, my father-in-law told me that uh, when I got engaged, so I was doing missions for about a couple years out of high school, and uh, I was kind of in between church, and I just really kind of didn't know where I wanted to go or wanted to be, and I didn't really want, really didn't know what I wanted in my life, if I could be honest. Typical millennial problems, right? Come on, let's just be honest. <laughs> my father-in-law told me that if I wanted to marry my wife, I had to do two things. One, I had to get a job. All the boomers said amen. I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's true, though. One, I had to get a job. And two, I had to go to church. Amen, right? Reluctantly, I said yes, because love makes you do crazy things. And I said, okay, well, I'll just go ahead and go to Thrive, because that's where my, my, my fiancé goes. And I, I, that makes sense. And so I started going to Thrive. And I, I remember, and, and I don't even know if you remember this, Pastor Eric. This was the summer of 2012. Um, you preach the series, and we've done it often on family. And, and I remember, I don't know if you ever heard Pastor Eric preach on family. 
And, and so I remember going to church. I would sit in the back because my, my in-laws, is just the family, that's what we did. We always sat in the back when we went to church. I remember sitting in the back, and, and I wasn't really tuned in. I kind of was like, I'm here because I have to be here. I'm checking off the boxes. And I don't know if you can relate when, when your spirituality just feels like a routine. Come on, you know what I'm talking about? And, and I remember just sitting there. And then I remember Pastor Eric starts preaching, and he starts talking about family. And he starts saying some crazy stuff about a godly family. And I remember even one thing he said that stood, uh, that has stood with me forever. He was talking about when your kids uh, do drugs in your house. And he talked about if you let your kids do drugs in your house, you're just letting them run a mess. And I just remember sitting in the back feeling so awkward because my family, that's what we did. <laughs> he didn't know. I guess he was Prophet Eric that day. And he's like, and he's just, he's just teaching. He's just, and, and it's so sincere and it's so awesome. And, and he's talking about all this stuff about family. And I remember in that moment thinking, man, uh, at the time my family was starting to fall apart. I was thinking, man, if my parents were here, maybe our family would still be together. I was 19 when I thought that. Fast forward four months later, Pastor Eric needs a youth pastor. And I guess uh, I was the guy. And now nine years later, I guess I'm the new guy and I get to become the lead pastor of this house. I share that story because in the DNA of who Thrive is, if you didn't know this, whether you're new or you've been here for years, in the DNA of who Thrive is, God has, I believe, positioned this house in this area so that way people can come and get healed. I don't know how often people get saved. Not that that's a bad thing. I think they get saved all the time. But one thing I know for sure is that people get healed. That people come through the doors of this house. Maybe they knew Jesus when they were young. Or maybe they knew Jesus a few years ago and they've been off. Or maybe they're just going through a really broken season and God has established this house as a greenhouse, I believe, not just in our city, but in our state. So that way God can send people here so that way they can become well. And I can testify to that. And I probably the whole staff can testify to that. And the people who have been here in this house for years can testify to that. That, hey, if you want all the lights and all the bells and whistles and the greatest whatever, I don't know if you're going to get it. But one thing God's going to do here is you're not going to be able to leave this place and not be healthy anymore. And can I tell you that I believe that is so fundamental and powerful in this season because as you begin to look at the landscape of what we live in you have all this facade of how things are looking good and you have this image of how everything looks right but in reality people are dying on the inside and there's a lack of health today if COVID revealed anything it revealed this that although everything looks good on the outside something's going on on the inside we're not healthy but God called the church to be healthy. God called the house to be healthy. God called you and I to be healthy, our, our, our every part of us and our families. So that way we can serve him and follow him and love him. So that way we can function at the capacity that God has called us to function. Amen. I love this house 
because I've seen God bring people through these doors and, and in small groups and at events and at conferences and, and at outreaches. And, and it doesn't matter where they're from. It doesn't matter how rich they were, or how poor they were. It doesn't matter if they were black, they were white, they were yellow, they were brown. It doesn't matter what, what side of the tracks they came from, their economic status, uh, but they came in broken and slowly but surely God began to heal them. And I believe that is something so key in, in moving forward with Thrive is that we will not lose our identity of a house of healing. The word Thrive in the name identifies with this reality that you would grow and you would thrive and you would flourish. The Bible says in Genesis chapter 49, it's talking about Joseph and his father is praying over Joseph and it says, Joseph is a vine, a fruitful vine. Yes that's by a spring that climbs over the wall. If you didn't know, that's like our passage here at Thrive, meaning that it doesn't matter what you've been through and it doesn't matter what's happening to you, that there is no excuse to not grow because in Jesus, you're always growing. Which leads me to my first point. My first point is this. I know I'm gonna get to the notes. I'm gonna get there, I promise, okay? First point, healthy things always grow. Isn't that true? Healthy things always grow. If something is healthy, it is always going to grow. It is part of the, just what it is. It is part of the science. It is part of the basic fundamental way this world functions. If it is healthy, it will grow. Now, let's be honest. Sometimes it doesn't grow as fast as we want, right? Right? Sometimes our bank account don't grow as fast as we want. Sometimes our kids don't grow exactly how they want. But can I tell you that as long as it's healthy, it will always grow. And my question to you today really is this, is that if you are in a season, and I think this is for someone in the room or online, if you're in the season where you feel like you haven't been growing, maybe the issue isn't that you're not growing. Maybe the issue is there's something unhealthy. Pause for 10 more seconds for dramatic effect, you know. <laughs> really though, I think we complain to Jesus so much about why we're not where we're supposed to be. And God's trying to tell us that I'm trying to get some things out of you so you can get there. Because if you were healthy, you'd be growing. If you were healthy, you'd be growing spiritually. If you'd be healthy, you'd be growing relationally. If you were healthy, you'd be growing socially. If you were healthy, your finances would be growing because you now have self-control. If you were healthy, your walk with God would be growing. If you were healthy, your leadership capacity would be growing. And so maybe the reason why, maybe just maybe, that the church sometimes stagnates is not because we don't have enough cool stuff, but it's because we're not healthy. And health takes so much intentionality. Health is not on accident. Have you ever tried going to the gym on accident? It's awful. I remember just last week I went to the gym. I was like, I'm just gonna show up and be there. And you ever go to the gym and your body's not ready? You're like your mind's not ready, your body's not ready. You're just like, I guess I'm just gonna show up. And you leave more sore than, like it's awful. You ever try to do a diet on accident? It never works. See, the problem with health, see, the blessing of health is that there's growth. The problem with health is that it takes work and it takes discipline 
And actually, I believe in this today, it takes courage. To be healthy, you have to do what everyone else isn't doing. I admire Pastor Eric so much as a lead pastor because he always did what was right, not what was easy. And sometimes in life, you got to do what's right and not what's easy. To be healthy, you got to do what's right and not what's easy. You look at the life of Joseph and Joseph throughout his life, right? All the way up here when he's the head son, back down to the pit where his brothers sell him. He goes back into the palace because he gets favor with God and he decides to be righteous and not sleep with uh, the, the, the governor's wife, right? And, and then he gets accused and he goes now to prison and then from the prison he goes back to the palace in all things even though the trajectory of joseph's life looked up and down he was always headed in the right direction why because he chose the right thing he realized that my walk with jesus is more important than any opportunity or circumstance in my life and i'm going to do the right thing even when it's not easy which leads me to my second point as i believe this is that Oftentimes we focus on the problem, we focus on the symptom rather than the condition. This is, this is what we do, and, and I, I think I do this very often as well, is, is oftentimes I want to try to focus on what's wrong, the, the situation rather than the root behind it. We can spend a lot of time focused on the symptom instead of the condition. We can waste a lot of years focused on the symptom rather than the condition. But the truth is, is if you don't let God heal the condition, you'll always continue to have the symptom. You have to go directly to what's causing the situation or problem or unhealthiness in your life. I, I learned this recently because I have a good friend who's really into cutting like or like into trees and greenery um his name's Canaan he's in Seattle he he, he he what does he call himself a greenhouse daddy or something like that it's really funny plant daddy it's just as awkward a plant <laughs> he's gonna watch this and be so mad it's okay I love you bro and and what he talked about he was he was I was with him in Seattle a couple months ago and and one of his trees one of the leaves started dying and and so what he did is he, he cut the leaf off and he said this he said if you don't cut the leaf off the rest of the plant will try to give its energy to fix a leaf that is dead i was like bro that can preach <laughs> and he's like and so you got to cut the leaf off and then you got to feed the plant more because for some reason there's a deficiency in the plant and the only way the plant's going to heal itself is you got to cut the thing off that was not supposed to be there and reset it's, it's, it's nutrition so that way it can function in the way it's supposed to function. And here, and, and, and I'm just being honest, I don't have a green thumb. I am not a plant daddy. And my house, they're fake. And can I get a witness? I go through Target, through the fake aisle. Ooh, that looks cute. That looks good. My wife's like, babe, forget it. Just let it go. I'm like, no, it's good. And I, I need low maintenance. Can I get a witness? If that were me and I see leaves or, or my tree dying, I just spray it with water. <laughs> just spray it with water. My wife would be like, what's going on? I'm just spraying it with, it's gonna grow. It's gonna grow. And, and right, we can look foolish spending our time trying to fix something that has nothing to do with what we actually need to fix. 
We cannot focus on the symptom rather than the condition. For example, if you are struggling with sin, you got to stop focusing so much on the sin that you struggle with. Rather, you got to focus on the reason why you are so addicted to that sin. There is something in you that you have not allowed Jesus to heal you. And because you have not allowed Jesus to hear you, you have a symptom called sin. That's a perfect example. I'll just use a perfect example of pornography, for example. That that's not just a sin. That's a symptom of a condition of your heart of fear. It's a condition of your heart of manipulation. It's a condition of your heart of lust. There is something deeper than the actual symptom. You're going to notice in your life that there's going to be things that shouldn't be in your life, but they're not the root. They're, They're just the symptom of what's really going on on the inside. Second example, I know tons of people in the last couple of years have had so much anxiety and, and have struggled with depression, especially during COVID. But can I be honest? The root wasn't, it's not the anxiety and the depression, but it was that COVID caused you to not lo- no longer have control. COVID, co- come on, I, I'm getting in someone's Kool-Aid, but that's okay. I, I love you, I promise. And, and I'm speaking to myself. You are worrying about something because you can no longer control the thing you always have control of. But yet we're so focused on the anxiety when God's like, no, let me, let me go really into the depth of who you are. And let me make you healthy. And so I believe that God calls us to be healthy. And what does health look like? I want to just describe this to you because I feel like I want to help some people out. Because we talk about being healthy, but what does health really look like in the believer? I believe you have to be healthy in three areas. If you can throw up that slide, that would be great. First is that you have to be healthy in spirit, okay? So you are made of three parts. If you didn't know this, that's okay. You are spirit. Everybody say spirit. Spirit. You are soul and you are body, okay? You have three parts. You are spirit, you are soul, and you are body. So your spirit, you, you, you have a spirit inside you, okay? And, and let me just describe just what they are real quick. Your spirit is your internal spirit. It's actually what, how you connect with God. It's how you worship God. It's how you relate to God. It's how you have communion and union and fellowship with God, the Holy Spirit, okay? It's, it's actually also the thing that how you get saved. The Bible says that you are reborn or a fancy theological word called regeneration. You are regenerated. Your spirit comes alive in Jesus. That's what the gospel does. And it's how you actually connect with God. The word is God conscious. It's, it's how internally you're able to connect with God. Then you have a soul and your soul is your mind, your will, your emotions, your personality, and your self-conscious. It's who you are and the inside. It's how you think. It's how you, 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 you process. It's how you respond. It's how you react. And then you have your body, which is your physical, your body, your, your flesh, the thing that you grab on your skin. Don't print yourself. You don't have to, but you know what I'm talking about. Your finances, your work, your behavior. Your soul, they call it, they call it your self-consciousness, but your body, they call it your worldly consciousness. Okay, and why does this matter? Because I feel like sometimes we think we're healthy just because we're healthy in one, but can I be honest? You have to be healthy in all three. You have to be healthy in all three. And and that second point is how I believe God makes you healthy in all three. I believe this is what scripture speaks. If you want your spirit to be healthy, you need to encounter God. 
There is nothing on this earth. There is nothing emotionally. There is no good help book. Oprah and Dr. Phil can't help your spirit. The only thing that can help your spirit is the person who made your spirit, which is Jesus. You need to encounter and experience Jesus for your spirit to be healthy, all right? And so I feel like for Pentecostals, charismatic, Holy Ghost people, especially like myself, once you get that, we're like, okay, we're good, Jesus. My spirit's good. But listen, can I tell you, your spirit can be healthy, but your soul can't be sometimes. Your soul cannot, your soul sometimes is not in the same place your spirit is. I've had seasons of my life where I felt like my spirit with God is great, but my soul is not where it needs to be. Your soul, you need family, guys. You need relationships. You need people to come into your life. And we've talked about this a lot here at Thrive. And I believe that's why God uses this place to heal people. It's not just because we do altar calls or because we, we have the presence of God in the room, which I think is important, but also we have such a core value of relationships. It is so important that there's family here. God's gonna restore your soul. God's gonna heal your soul by people coming into your life. Does that make sense? And so, for example, the way you respond right now might be unhealthy because you respond the way your parents responded. You might be angry like how your dad was angry. You might be upset like how your mom was upset. You might be emotionally immature because of what your surroundings was. So what does God do? God puts you around some people who make you come all for it to have all that stuff come up, and it gets you to a different place than you used to be. Can I tell you that in prayer and fasting, and worship, altar calls, God, yes, absolutely healed my spirit, and, and I connected with him, and I became alive in Jesus, but relationally, and my emotions, and, and, and the thing that's inside me internally, my personality, my confidence, all that stuff internally, God sent someone like Pastor Eric in my life to do that, and lastly, your body, you need truth, the Bible, the Bible, you need the word of God, you need scripture because you don't know how to function or act without it. I don't know how to function or act without it. Society will try to tell you how your body should be, but only scripture can decide that. So you want your finances to be healthy? Read the Bible. You want your body to be healthy? Read the Bible. You, everything physically about yourself. If you need physical healing, read the Bible, right? The Bible is truth for this physical reality so that way you can be healthy. It's that way you don't have to figure things out on your own. Does that make sense? I think sometimes, oftentimes, we try to figure things out on our own. And God's like, I've given you instructions. Just listen to them and watch, what you're, watch how healthy you'll be. The word of God is like a guard, right? It's not just for healing, but it's like the vitamins as well. You, you have to take it so that way your body, your, the physical parts of your life, are healthy. And I believe this, that the only way you're made well is that you have to have all three. I believe that God has called us to be a church, not just to have one or two, but to have all three. I believe in this house, we're going to be healthy spiritually. We're going to be healthy soulfully, and we're going to help be healthy bodily. We have to be healthy in all three, because if we're not, let me just kind of read you some thoughts. I believe this, that if you have encounter if you have a culture, if a church has a culture of encounter and a, church, and a culture of family, but without truth, that can produce heresy. Yes. Yes. 
You ever meet a church that's super spiritual and everyone loves each other, but there's no Bible? It's called a cult. They start getting stuff from like the seventh heaven and that's not even biblical. That was a TV show. When I was three, I'm not gonna age everybody, I'm just kidding. Right, they, they just, they, they start getting some loopy stuff. I've been in those circles, I know, right? You can't just have encounter and family without truth. You're not gonna be healthy. If you get truth and encounter without family, you're shallow, you, it can produce shallowness. You ever go to a church that's all about the hype and all about good preaching, but there's no relationship? It lacks depth. It lacks depth. We can't be shallow. God hasn't called this house to be shallow. You know how we're not shallow? Because there's relationships here. Because there's family here. Because when you don't have a dad, God sends you a father figure. Or God sends you a mother figure. Or a brother. Or a sister. Or a son. And a daughter. It's through relationships that God begins to heal you. It, 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 it allows you to have real roots in Jesus. Because people won't let you do dumb things. I am so grateful that Pastor Eric is still on the team in this next season. Not just because I love him, but because it forces me in a good way to not do anything dumb. Amen. Amen. You need to get, if you don't have someone in your life to tell you when you're being dumb or immature or inappropriate, you are shallow in your walk with Jesus. I know you don't believe me, but I promise it's true. You need someone to go in your life and call you higher and encourage you and love on you, but then challenge you because you are not called to a walk that is shallow. And then if you have family in truth without encounter, it can become religiosity. We're not going to be a church that's all about family and just about truth, but there's no spirit. When there's no spirit, it just becomes religion. It can become a museum for saints instead of a hospital for sinners. Because what begins to happen is it's all about what's in black and white and man-made traditions and man-made traditions can sometimes get in the way of what Holy Spirit wants to do. It turns the church, really, it takes them to this trajectory of turning into a graveyard instead of something that life is being born again because the church was never designed to function without holy spirit it's the reason why the church was born on pentecost before pentecost there was no church it was when the holy spirit baptized the 120 in the upper room that god said let there be a church and from 2000 years ago till now the holy spirit has been functioning in the lives of believers all over the world and for us to take out Holy Spirit. It's just powerless. You know, you're, I don't want to say that. I don't want to live a Christianity that's boring. I don't want to live in a Christianity where God doesn't move and God doesn't speak and God doesn't plant churches in El Salvador and God doesn't heal drug addicts and God doesn't bring marriages back together and God doesn't bring prodigals back home and God doesn't do miracle after miracle. Why? Because he's not welcomed in the room because we're so caught up with tradition and religion. 
I love, I love this quote Francis Chan said. Francis Chan said, it's the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, not the Father, the Son, the Holy Bible. And can you see that without one or the other, there lacks wholeness? But my last point, if you would just let me do this, one more point, it's this, is that wholeness, our inheritance is wholeness. Our inheritance is wholeness. And, and I want to I just... I want to read to you this passage just real fast. It's in Luke chapter 17, and it says this. It's just a few verses. It says, On the way to Jerusalem, he was passing between Samaria and Galilee, and he entered a village. He met ten lepers who stood at a distance. Verse 13, he lifted up their vo then they lifted up their voices, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said, Go ahead, show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. Verse 15, Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back to praising God with a loud voice. He fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. The Bible says now he was a Samaritan, verse 17. Then Jesus answered and says, we're not the other 10 cleansed. Where are the, other, where are the nine? Weren't 10 cleansed, where, where are the nine? 18 says this, was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? And he, the leper said to him, or sorry, he, he said to him, Jesus said to him, rise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. Very popular passage. We've preached it here before. The Bible says 10 lepers go to Jesus. They all get healed, but one comes back. I want to read to you this word real quick. It's this Greek word in salvation called sozo. And it's defined as this. The word salvation in Greek means saved, healed, delivered, made well. Okay. In Luke 17, it talks about there was 10 lepers. The Bible says that all 10 lepers got healed. The Bible says that as Jesus was on his way between Samaria and Galilee, that he encountered 10 lepers. And these 10 lepers came to Jesus. And the Bible says all of them got healed. But the Bible says that only one came back. When you look up the word healed in Greek, that word healed is a different word than that word at the end of the passage that says be made well. I want you to catch this because this is so important. The Bible says that all 10 lepers got healed, but the one that came back, Jesus said, you've been sozoed. You've been made well. Jesus says, what happened to the other nine? And he says, I don't know. And he says, that's okay, son, because, because of your faith, you just haven't just been healed. Come on, someone got to catch this. Because in the moment, God wasn't just interested in healing someone physically. He wanted all of them to get sozo. The Bible says that only one of them got completely healed. Body, soul, and spirit. And that is what I believe God wants to do with this house. See, I don't believe God is interested and just seeing people by the numbers get healed as if it was something we just want to keep count so we can show off. No, God wants what happened to that one leper to happen to everyone. Nine lepers leave 
and they take their healing as if it was an entitlement but one leper came back and what happened to that one leper his body got healed and his soul got healed his emotions got healed his internal insides got healed he was restored by God and he came back to worship he came back to to go after Jesus he came back to lay everything down and surrender like that word pastor Eric gave during worship he came back to let go why because that one leper understood that God was going to heal me not just of my body but he was going to heal me of the emotional pain he was going to heal me of the relational pain he was going to heal me of all the things that happened in the past he was going to revive me again he raised my spirit back to life he raised my worship back to life I'm going to go after Jesus because he made me well and I believe this morning man that two things one that this would be a house and I, and I love it the Bible says he was he doesn't even name the city it was between Samaria and Galilee and I just think that's how people describe Lathrop <laughs> oh you know where's Lathrop ah, between San Francisco and Sacramento whatever it's the in and out the big old in and out warehouse right we're, we're, we're on the way but just because we're on the way doesn't mean God doesn't do things while people are on the way and I believe that God's gonna send lepers, family. I believe God's gonna send some people who aren't where they're supposed to be, who are broken from their past, who might have some church hurt, who might have some family hurt, who might have some, uh, some issues and, and real things happening in their life. And I believe on the way they're gonna accidentally, they think accidentally, stop by this house. And in this house, they're gonna be healed, not just physically, not just soulfully, and not just spiritually, but God's gonna make them well. that the legacy that Pastor Eric started and these previous pastors started would continue in this house. That in this house, you're gonna be made whole. And we're gonna love you till you're made whole. And we're gonna be with you until you're made whole. And we're gonna encourage you until you're made whole. We're gonna keep bugging you to join a small group till you're made whole. We're gonna keep bugging you to go to growth track until you're made whole. We're gonna keep going after the things that are in your heart and in your life until what? You can function and follow Jesus to the capacity you're called to do. Why? Because we love you so much to not leave you where you're at the same way that Jesus is not gonna leave you where you're at. Stand to your feet, come on. Stand to your feet. That was my first point. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding, we're almost done. But my second point is this, is that you might be in this room today and you're broken. You're broken. The Bible says Joseph was a, a fruitful vine, a vine that climbed over the wall. I read that verse and I'm amazed because I've had times in my life where I felt there's no way that I can ever overcome what's in my life currently. And the reason I felt that way is because I didn't have Jesus as a reality in the situation. And you might have came to church today thinking, yeah, this church stuff, maybe it's cool, but I'm going through something real right now, Pastor Chris. And, and, and I'm gonna be honest, I'm far away from God. Can I tell you that the only way you're gonna grow, the only way you're gonna get healthy is that you need Jesus in your life. 
You can't do it without him. And so I want to invite us to just ask ourselves the question, is there something missing? Is there something missing? Is there an area in my life? Maybe you're here and spiritually you've never accepted Jesus in your heart and you're dead on the inside. Maybe your soul is broken. Maybe your body is broken. I want to just for a few minutes invite Jesus into those places of our life. Do me a favor. Thank you again for tuning into our podcast. For more info, please visit our website at thrivelathrop.com. Have an amazing rest of your week.